Hello and welcome back to the Across the Pond podcast with myself, Harry Kerwin. The podcast that takes you through the journey of moving to the United States as a student athlete to play soccer. We loved having Christian on last week and thank you very much to all those who have listened in. If you liked what you've heard, please follow us on Spotify or Google Podcasts so you can keep up to date with all the new episodes. We're also on social media now. On Instagram, our username is Across the Pond Pod and our Twitter handle is pond underscore podcast. For the first week, I've got them right on the, on the introduction. Please follow and share so we can get our content out to those who it may benefit. Thank you very much. Hello and welcome back to the Across the Pong podcast with myself, Harry Kerwin. Episode five today, really excited about who we've got on. It's someone that is now back in England, someone that I had some really good years with, probably too many good years with, um, and really excited to have him on today. So it's Callum Kemp. How are you doing, buddy? Hello, mate. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Oh, I can't complain, mate. Living the dream, living the dream. How's, how's life at the minute for you with everything going on? Uh, so, yeah, just working a lot, really. Long days. I've recently got a new job, so leave the house at half five every day and don't get back till 8pm. So, yeah, long days in the week and then just chilling on the weekends, really. Yeah. Doing as much as I can at the minute. Yeah, happy days, mate. Were you able to work throughout the whole time or was it just kind of once everything calmed down and you were able to go back? Yeah, so I work in construction. So at the minute I'm uh, laying cable, fiber optic cable. So we was actually allowed to work the whole way through because we're obviously past key workers now. So yeah, who would have thought Callum Kemp's a key worker? I love that. No, doing, <laughs> doing bits of my degree. Yeah, well, mate, if, if you're making money, you're making money. You can't complain about that one, mate. It's, uh, it's uh, we'll probably get into it a little bit more, but it's 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 part of the thing of if you do go home, how do you apply that American degree to to your English way of life? And it is a, a big reason why a lot of people want to stay out here because um, the way it translates can can also be kind of a difficulty when you do go home. But I'm sure we'll talk about that um, a little bit later. But let's take it back to the start, mate. Let's take it back to to 16, 17, 18. Before thoughts of America, what was going on in your life? What was what was happening? What was what was like the layout of what you thought was going to happen? Talk to me about that. So, like Joe Jessup, who you had on before, I went to Lincoln College, and I didn't even know about America. I didn't even know that was an opportunity to to kind of pursue. So, <clears throat> my first year went by, then in the football academy, and. Uh, find out that there's a potential to go over to America for the football scholarship. So I looked into it a bit more and then um, my second year went by and I got told basically that I, I could have the potential to go over there because I was good enough. Um, so I looked into it a bit, contacted the coaches myself. I didn't actually go through any of these um, agencies. I don't know what they're called. Agencies, yeah. yeah. Um, I just actually got some footage of myself playing and sent it to a load of coaches. Um, I got a few replies um, made that, that made offers, but at the time my funds weren't good, uh, good enough to be able to support myself out there. So I actually waited a year, um, had a gap year, did lots of work and saved up some money and then went out the year after. But it was actually a lad called Brad Wilson, who I believe you're going to get on next. Yeah, um, he's next. Yeah, he's next. He went out to St. Catherine, where you obviously went, and it just happened so that Tim Walls, who was obviously my coach, your coach, the whole four years, needed a, a new left-back for that year that I was planning on going out. So I literally told Tim, like, I know someone that wants to come. He's, he's a good player. He didn't even watch me play. He just I met Simon Bird. In Lincoln, we discussed it all, and they said, "Yeah, we'll we'll take you on." So then, yeah, the year after that, I won out. Yeah, happy days. So Callum came out the year after most of us, like that, that we speak about the English lads that came through in that kind of big influx. Callum came out the year after, um, a great addition to the team. And you came in with Matt Lowndes and Divine. They were the two, they were the two of the foreign guys that came in that year, right? Yeah, two English guys, yeah. Yeah, both English guys that year as well. So, so in terms of like when you were 16, 17, were you playing outside of the uh, the academy at Lincoln College or were you just playing for the academy? Uh, yeah, I played for Branson Town and Newark Town with uh, yeah. just a lot of friends. We were very good sides, both of them. We were, we were pretty much the same team for two teams in uh, two different leagues. Yeah. Um, I played for 
Grantham first team once when I was 18 uh, against Sheffield United. It would have been the reserve team, but we actually beat them 2-1, which was nice. 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 That's awesome, mate. That's awesome. Mate. You got to kind of step into that, that level as well um, so early. Um, and a lot of people don't get the chance to do that, which that's, that's awesome. So do you remember any of the other schools that you kind of spoke to before you ended up at St. Catherine as well? Do you, do, you, do you remember any of those that you may have contacted? So... I know the coach's name, Dan Balaguer, I think he was called. He um he was at Brownsville, is that the school oh, yeah. that shut down? Uh, yeah, yeah I, where Archie Masson went to. Yeah, yeah, I had an offer from there. Um, I was also speaking to Bellarmine, but they didn't offer me very good money at the time. So that wasn't really one of my options. And there was one more, but I can't actually remember yeah. the name. Um, don't, worry, don't worry about it, mate. Don't worry about it, mate. It's just, just kind of interesting to see like where you could have ended up and, and what kind of other avenues it could have been. Um, but obviously, it was nice. That, so obviously, you were another Lincoln, Lincoln lad that came in, so that was nice to have. And it turns out we knew a lot of people back home in common. And it was kind of cool to have another person kind of infiltrate from Lincoln. And it, it gave us a bit more of a driving force on campus. And it gave us some, a lot of things in common. It made it a lot easier to kind of get to know each other, which obviously has gone a long way since that. So in terms of when when you got out, well, maybe let's even talk about the journey before. Don't, don't you and Brad have a good story about the uh, SAT when you went to, was it Oxford or Cambridge or whatever? <laughs> yeah, so the first time we took the SAT was with, I went with Brad and Ross Brown, who was uh, another lad that played and then ended up moving in his first third year. So... I drove to Cambridge, parked up, ended up being completely the other side of town in, in Cambridge. Yeah. We had about 15 minutes to find this place. So there's all three of us absolutely sprinting across Cambridge with a map on our phone, asking people, where's the hall, where's the hall, blah, blah, blah. So we finally get there and there's still a line outside. And it, it says on the test, if you're... If you're late, you they don't let you in. If you're not in the queue by before eight o'clock, you you can't take the test. So we get there, we're in line. It's now about five past eight. Get to the door, and didn't have my ID, so I couldn't get in. And I was like, please, please, let me go get my ID. So I sprang back to the car, and it was a probably a fifteen minute jog. Sprang back to the car, got in my car, just parked right outside on double yellows. My ID, and luckily I didn't even get the ticket. And um, yeah, ended up taking a test. I remember walking in to the hall, probably about 200 people all already taking a test. And I walk in like, sweating, <gasps> yeah. sweating my tits off. <laughs> and uh, yeah, everyone's just staring at me, and they're like, just take a seat here. And I'm just sat there and Balling with sweat, yeah. taking this test, which I ended up doing absolutely crap on anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that story is such like a Callum Kemp story, man. Like after knowing you now, after all these years, like that is just an epitome of, of you. Um, but mm. you always get away with them as well, so that's even more of an epitome of you. You always, you always yeah. find your way through it. How, how did your visa interview go? That's something that we've not really spoke about in, in the podcast so far. How did you find that experience? So. My visa interview was a bit dodgy, to be honest, because um, in my past, previously, I had actually been arrested once. Um, I was never charged with anything because it was it was a big misunderstanding at the time and all the charges ended up getting dropped. Um, I won't go into what it was, but just for the listeners, it wasn't anything horrific. Um, so they grilled me on that. They asked why I got arrested and I basically explained that the charges got dropped. It was a big misunderstanding. The police officer who arrested me actually apologised to me after the, the court today. So um, that was scary because obviously I'm at the end, there's me thinking, shit, I'm not even going to get my visa because yeah, obviously getting into America after being arrested, blah, 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 was a bit skeptical but yeah they let me have it and I just remember I'd got back from a 10 day holiday with all my friends obviously boozy holiday yeah and I got to the airport in Heathrow London my dad picked me up and took me straight to um 
the American Embassy in London, wow. Wow. and I'm still hanging out my ass, <laughs> and uh, I'm sat in the hall looking at these numbers because there's a huge screen at the front of the room. Yeah. And when your number gets shown on screen, you go to uh, like said window to have your interview. And I was sat at the back and just drifting off. So I went and sat right at the front. I was this huge fan. I went and sat right at the front with this fan just completely blowing me away just to try and stay awake. Uh, that was horrible. Yeah, that, that, that's not a kind of experience I'd want to go through hanging, hanging after a 10-day holiday. That's, that's completely for sure. How, how, yeah. were you, how were your parents about everything about you moving over? Were they, were, they, were they good about it? Were they upset that you were coming over? How did they... So they were obviously upset like any parents would be, the, yeah. the fact that I was moving away, but they was really happy for me because uni was never something I wanted to do anyway. Obviously, like most English lads go over there for is purely for football. Yeah, 100%. Um, so they were really happy for me because I was not, I wouldn't say I was in a hole at home, but I was not the best behaved, let's just say. So for me to get a new start um, and focus on my future career, really, that they were very happy for that. And I'm sure if Tim listens to this, he will be wanted to admit as well that he said he's never seen such a character change across four years in one of his players because from what I came in as, as and what I left as, I matured like tremendously. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it speaks volumes, mate. You move to the other side of the world and, and no matter what kind of kind of person you are, eventually eventually that's going to mould you into a better person 100%. And, and like, like, like Tim said, you definitely come leaps and bounds. Not to say you were in a bad way before you came out, but you, you've, definitely, you've definitely grown grown into yourself and your personality and, and you're more aware of everything now, which is... Which is yeah, 100%. So, so let's talk about your your initial expectations because you're obviously talking to Brad and, and a couple of other guys on the team and you, you know kind of what to expect now. You're not coming out blind. What what was your expectations? What was the reality of coming out in terms of your freshman year? In my freshman year, obviously, St. Catherine wasn't a good college. Yeah. Wasn't a good college. I, I hated it, to be honest. Yeah. Because, just because I was bringing my kit down in a bag on the side of the field and getting changed there because they didn't have changing rooms. Like I was expecting nice big changing rooms, like good facilities, all this. And the, obviously the classrooms were tiny. It was half of it was, excuse me. It's all right, mate. Half of it was filled with nuns, wasn't it? And yeah, the yeah. buildings were old. They were boiling in the summer and freezing in the winter. So it just, I thought, God, I've moved halfway across the world for this hole. Yeah. Um, but the, I couldn't have asked for a better group of lads because yeah. that made it bearable. We was obviously in the middle of nowhere at St. Catherine, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. Which made it hard to enjoy yourself, especially when you couldn't even drink on campus. Um, but yeah, um, St. Catherine closing was probably the, the best thing that ever happened for us boys, I think. I say the same thing. I say exactly the same thing. And it's, it's not any hard feelings on St. Catherine. It's just we had such a better experience once we kind of moved over. Um, yeah. what, what, what were your thoughts on, like, the, the footy? Um, how, how did you find the footy from, like, your freshman year, let's, let's say? So, I loved it. Um, we had a really big team, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, first team and reserve team. So there's lots and lots of players. The the coaching was very good. Yeah. Um, the standard all because our league mid 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 south conference was it? Yeah, mid south was what we were in. Yeah. Yeah, that was a very very good league. A lot of challenging teams in there. Never really a, a walkover game was there. No, not. Or really. maybe one or two teams. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I thought it was it was really good our first year. It, even our second, third and fourth year, I thought the standard was always really good. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. How did you find being like a student athlete? Because obviously you talked about how you never necessarily wanted to go to university. You said maybe you, you, you were a little bit of a troublemaker before you came out. And obviously you said you've grown over them years. So how did you find that adjustment from becoming, from going over there with no kind of guidance or maybe your parents giving you a kick up the arse saying, come on, 
you need to do this, you need to do that. Like, how did you find that transition? So my freshman year was quite awful academically. Um, my first two years, in fact, I never tried. I didn't go to class much. I did the bare minimum just to pass my classes. Um, I, I failed a couple of classes, I think. I remember my first semester. Um, what's that class you have? The Patriots summer. Oh, Patriots paths. Patriot paths, yeah, I failed yeah. that. That's literally, for the listeners, that is honestly the hardest thing you can probably do in college. It's like your introductory class into college. So you have to just not go to, to, to fail it. Or did you go? I don't know. No, so I probably <laughs> went to about 50% of classes, but I remember we'd get to class. It was an 8 a.m. class with Chris Owens. Yeah. So we'd get there. And, for example, one day when I decided to go, I got there in a brand new pair of trainers and they said right let's go to the farm so our morning was walking around this shitty farm so we all start we all leave the class together they all walk one way i walk the other and the and chris goes excuse me we will be taking attendance for this for this um trip and i went all right so i'm walking straight straight back to bed <laughs> Oh, that's funny. That's funny. And I bet he had no idea what to do with himself, Chris Owens. He was a, he was an interesting guy. Um, that's funny, though. And that, again, like, that's, that's the thing. Like, you, no one's telling you to do that. Like, you, you, you don't have to be there. I mean, obviously, you, there's eligibility and stuff if you fail classes. But realistically, like, it's down to you. It's on your shoulders. And it's, 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 really, it's really on you. How, how did you find things like pre-season and, and stuff like that? Did you struggle with the heat? Did you struggle with like the intensity of everything? Yeah, the heat. I mean, as you know very well, I'm not good with the heat. I turn into the mardiest bastard there is. <laughs> like, if someone talks to me after we've just done a drill, I'll just snap because I can't take the heat. And like Tim always used to say, right, no one talks to Callum today. It's really hot. <laughs> I did you yeah. say that at the start and um so I probably didn't do enough running but I think it's very hard to um prepare for it anyway because you obviously not acclimatized the heat yet no. so but obviously as you know I was actually injured for half the season my freshman year because my my legs couldn't take the intensity I'd never played um obviously that as much as you do over there because obviously the season's so short you train every single day twice a day sometimes so my groin went and I kept trying to come back too early playing 10 minutes and it would go again so obviously I missed the first half of the season my legs just couldn't hack it so I, I wish before I come out I really really try to strengthen my legs to obviously reduce the um, likelihood of injury yeah yeah I mean yeah that's it's what is really intense like the two the two weeks maybe before the season and then the season like we said is like three months so it's a lot of load on you and if like you said if you get injured you, you're trying to rush things back because you want to play because you know like in, in a two-week span you could miss three or four games um, yeah. so, so yeah I, I understand that and it's it's obviously tough as well because you've bought over with all this scholarship money and stuff and if you pick up a knock and that it, it can kind of it can kind of hurt the team as well because that's the reason why they brought you in and, and, and it's not your yeah. fault either. So so we'll kind of transition a little bit. So so where were you when you found out about St. Catherine closing down? I assume you were home. Yeah, I was at home. Um, I was actually at work. I was building Lost Village Festival for oh, those yeah. Lincoln people listening. Yeah, yeah. Um, I worked for a company called Evolution. We built all the stages and all that. Um, so I had a girlfriend at the time um, yeah. And they found out first. All the girls' team found out first, and she texted me saying, "St. Catherine's closed, or because of the debt." So I remember I actually sent a text into the football group chat, telling everyone before we even found out by email. So when I found out at work, I just went straight to my boss and said, "I've got to go." So I went straight home, and yeah, just tried to figure everything out. Yeah. Uh, being injured it really damaged my chances of getting somewhere good because I had barely any starts 
that season. I had no next to no footage. Like I had nothing to prove my my worthwhile to all these different coaches. So my my all my hope was in Tim finding somewhere for us to go, which in the end he did, which I was really grateful for. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, I mean, like you said, being injured, you, you kind of didn't have that footage and things, which which does hurt you because that's how you prove yourself. If you don't have the stats, at least if you've got footage. But but like you said, you, you missed out on some starts and stuff because of the injury, and that 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 carries through. So that was really good. So obviously, uh, that was a good summer. I went to Lost Village Festival. It was a very good. It was a very good festival. So thanks for building that yeah. one. Um, <laughs> so uh, so talk to me about your tr- transition to Midway. Not the soccer first about the whole transition to the school. How, how did you find that? What, how did that bring you into, into your college life a little bit more? So, where to begin? So, obviously, <laughs> me, Max, Kyle, you, Fernando. Brad, Colby and Joe, and then we had a newcomer, Fernando, moving with us. We yeah. all moved to University Trails in Lexington, didn't we? Which was about a 20-minute car journey to Midway. Yeah. yeah. So we all moved there, our own four, two four-bedroom apartments, pool, gym, tennis courts, basketball courts, hot um, sunbed, anything there. Although it was an awful apartment, um, lots to do. Yeah. And right in the middle of the city where all the students were, with so much more to do and we just... That that first year we moved to Midway, we absolutely rinsed our new place, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Every single night in the pool, drinking, weren't we? And just yeah. lived we it took, up big time. Took full advantage of it. We I mean it was it was brilliant to have. How how did you find how did you find the school itself? Like we obviously I mean, honestly, for me, the best thing about moving over there was because we got to live in Lexington and stuff. But the school was the school was better as well, I I think. Did you did you find it that way, like the classes and stuff? Yeah, I much preferred it because it seemed a bit more serious. Although I'm all for the like easiness of classes and yeah. whatnot, but yeah, <laughs> it seemed it seemed a lot more professional. Um, just I don't know because there were still weren't massive class size sizes, were they? But no. it was just a lot more modern in the buildings and everything like that so it, it actually felt like a university yeah yeah it definitely felt more Catholic. like a like university. my secondary school was better than St. Catherine yeah so, 100%. yeah 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 so I, I know exactly what you mean yeah it, it did feel just like we we're in a university but we had like the the on-campus university experience and then we had like the the fun off-campus experience yeah which which we loved and we'll definitely get get more onto that. So uh, so we'll talk a little bit about about the footy at Midway now. So so for two years we played together at Midway and then you obviously continued after that that year for your senior year. So let's talk about them two seasons first. How how did you? What kind of memories bring, can you bring up from that? What what sticks out for you there? So obviously I began my uh, scholarship as a left back in my freshman year. Then my um, sophomore year, I was made into a centre mid. I'd played centre mid previously, but never at a high level like it was in this league. So it was a bit of a shock to me. But luckily, I was playing alongside Joe and Brad, who were both phenomenal players yeah. in that position. So they basically, for the first five games, were telling me where to go and giving me loads and loads of help and after that after the, the opening few games I got the hang of it and actually really enjoyed the position um, obviously that was our first year together it was a pretty, pretty much a completely new team wasn't it yeah, yeah. so we did alright we come where did we come third we finished third yeah, yeah third so we didn't do bad at all considering and we had no depth whatsoever did we it was a start on eleven. And if we had to bring it on a player for the bench, we were hurt. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it was, it was difficult for us. No disrespect, but it was difficult for us. And then my junior year, your senior year was probably my best year, and your best, if not second best year, I'd say. I would your say. Freshman year. I would say my freshman year would be the most memorable for me. Um, I think we probably deserved to be in the position we was in more so that freshman yeah. year. 
I think that junior year, a lot of stars aligned for us to get to where we needed to be. And I think we pulled out some some results that got us where we yeah. needed to be. But it was a lot more fun in doing it. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed that junior year, well, your junior year, my senior year, a lot more just because I knew it was like my final go. So I knew that was yeah. that was it. So so you put everything into it. Well, not that I didn't before, but um, yeah, I really enjoyed them two years at Midway. And, and obviously, so so talk to me a little bit about your senior year. That was it. Wasn't as enjoyable from 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 a further view, or so I still had an amazing set of lads. Um, we had a really good freshman year coming um a few good players ability wise but as in friends i made i had a really a really good group of mates that were probably four or five years younger than me but really i got really close with some of the freshman lads um like clayton hunter for example yeah we had a lot of good times but football wise we were nowhere we near as good as we were the year before yeah which was disappointing because obviously getting to the conference final um, and the finishing second and we didn't really lose. We didn't lose the games we should have won, No, yeah. if you get me. Yeah. Whereas with my senior year team, um, yeah, we games we should have won. We were clearly the better team. We, we didn't win because score and we had a lot of freshmen on the on the pitch because obviously your senior year we had maybe what eight seniors starting I think so seven. It, yeah I think seven eleven or seven or eight so it was a whole new starting eleven I think there was only me Steve Max Max Noel but he wasn't there when you played was he no he's your senior year yeah, but he wasn't there before, was he? Oh no, yeah, no. Um, yeah, yeah, so you yeah, we maybe had two or three players from the year be- from the year before playing together. Evan, um, Evan, yeah. So obviously, like you were your senior year captain, I was made captain my senior year. Yeah, and I had to really bite my tongue because when you know the standard you're used to playing at was better, and it wasn't. Up, really up to the par for what you what you would expect, especially in my final year. I, I it was quite a disappointing year, but I still I still thoroughly enjoyed it. So can't complain. I think uh, one of the one of the great things that we had about Midway as well. It felt like a lot more of like a family, not only just within the team, um, but we had a lot more support with with from people uh, off the field as well. So I know you obviously want to give give the. Uh, the two biggest fans at a big shout out in the podcast. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave that one to you. Talk to us a little bit about them. So I want to give a nice heartwarming thank you to Craig and Janice, who were like my second parents while I was in America. They, Craig worked in one of the offices um, and Janice was a teacher and ran all the, like the horse farms and stuff, the question part of the school so yeah just they looked after me so much they would cook me food and they would ask me what my favorite home cooked meals was from England they would they would attempt to cook it and they did so very well um they would look after me with everything so if I ever had any any issues with school I would always go see Craig and then Craig would literally be like oh hold, hold on one minute and he'd phone Janice and get Janice and I would go see them in between classes and yeah, they just made my experience a whole lot nicer. And it's really like having a, a second mum and dad over there, really. Oh yeah, they were they were brilliant. They would they would cook out all the games for so for the English people that's like a barbecue. Um and they and they'd literally they were mad for it, absolutely mad for it. And it and it yeah. drew a lot more people to the game because of the barbecue. So yeah, there's yeah. that side of it, but people stuck around and watched the games, and we we had a pretty good following. My senior year, your junior year, we had some we had some really good following that year. And if you look at the film from like our final when we played, like the whole behind the goal was full of like all the baseball guys and all that kind of stuff, and it was awesome to have that background. and And they, they were brilliant. So I'm glad you I'm glad you gave them a mention, mate. They they deserved a mention some time some time, and yeah. they, they've been listening in. So um, that's yeah. great to have. 
Um, so, so we'll get back to all like the soccer stuff in, in a little bit, but I'm trying to cover the full four years for now. So, so talk to me about one of the, probably the best days you've had out here, um, which would have been your graduation day. Um, how, how amazing was that to have your, your mum and dad and your brother out here along with yeah. family and stuff? How, talk to me about that day. Unbelievable. So my mum, dad and little brother Owen came out couple of days before we went to Nashville and then obviously had a graduation day and there was I was graduating with quite a few other lads so Steve all his family were there um Kyle's mum Reese's family oh, God, I'm gonna feel bad now when I forget other people but no I think that was it actually um yeah, yeah. but yeah so we had all the families there and as soon as graduation was over, we left, got ready, then went to Dinroof yeah. in the beer garden and just drank ourselves silly all day like we did last year. Yeah, yeah. So we did the same thing for, for most of our graduations. So we kind of recreated it and it was just as good of a day, man. It was, it was great to see, like, meet, well, I kind of met your family before, but it was got, nice to have everyone together. Um, and it was a brilliant, brilliant day. And talk to me a little bit about what you did afterwards, because... That's even crazier. Like obviously having your parents there for your graduation, but then what you did afterwards was unbelievable. So after graduation, we flew to LA and then drove down to San Diego and we did about 18 days worth of traveling. We did route one. So we went from the very bottom of California, San Diego, right to the top to San Francisco. And we stopped at most places in between crazy mate crazy that's that's the, the trip of a lifetime and obviously that's brilliant for them as well that they got to do that they got to come out and experience what you had over here all that kind of good stuff and then they got the california trip as well which is obviously a bit different to kentucky so that was that was an awesome day and i've always i've always enjoyed that kind of that kind of side of things so it was brilliant to have so let's so let's talk let's talk proper footy now so i want to hear about your favorite goals your favorite games your favorite moments reel off reel off your stories reel off what you want to talk to me about mate so there's two goals that stick out for me. Um, they were both in my junior year, playing alongside you. So the first one, I've, you probably know what I'm about to say, but the yeah. union goal. Yeah. Um, so I think the third game, of the third game of the season, we were two nil up. Brad had scored twice a free kick and the corner somehow yeah. scored straight from the corner and then Union got one back so we were obviously a bit tense because these were ranked number 20 in the nation at the time Yeah. so to beat these would be an amazing achievement so the Union had a corner it got cleared out just past the edge of the box of our box and I just see Brad get on the ball so I just start sprinting just as fast as I can, get to about the halfway line. Brad plays the perfect pass. Um, I'm just past the halfway line. And this was also on a, a football pitch, American football pitch, so slightly longer pitches. Yeah. Um, didn't take one touch of the ball, looked up, keeper was off his line from about 50 yards, 45 yards, and just pinged it perfectly with my laces and oh. just floated over the top of him into the top corner. What a goal. He was about six foot five as well, that keeper. He's a big old boy as well. Like <laughs> he was yeah, scrambling. We just went absolutely crazy because yeah. the the best feeling as well was because I was right by fans and all, all game they were calling me all kind of names, Egghead, Aldi Locks, <laughs> everything. So obviously running right by them was just amazing. I remember Max kept dragging me back. I was just trying to sprint and just just basking my glory, but he kept slowing me down. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. We'll get we'll get to the Baldy Lock stuff as well in a little bit. Don't worry about that one. And you said there was two goals, so what was the other one? I think I know the other one, but go on. So the next best goal I scored was against West Virginia Tech. Yeah. Who were ranked, I think, number five in the nation at the time. Yeah, they were up there. They were they maybe were number ten, something like that. Yeah. Um, it was nil nil, probably thirty fifth minute. It was at home, really tense again, because they're a very very good side. 
Um, I was playing left wing at this point. Nelly passes me the ball. I dribble past two or three defenders and then cut inside and just pinged it from outside the box and it went in the top corner past another huge keeper. Yeah, but that was a very that was a very important goal. I remember you scored another two that game, didn't you? To, yeah, cheers to for bringing that one up, mate. Alive. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. you bringing that one up. Nice, nice to sneak <laughs> that one in there. Yeah, we, I think we drew three three in the end, and I, yeah, for the first time in my life scored two goals in one game. It just so yeah. happened from centre back. Yeah, from centre back. So two so corners, that, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah, great corner. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that third goal was header, wasn't it? And it just. Yeah. Went straight up in the air, your header and lobbed the keeper, didn't it? It was a mistake from the goalkeeper, 100%. I'll take it, I'll take it. So, have you got any other big games that you remember? Any any moments that stick out to you as well uh, from your playing days? So, me and Brad were, I think, 90, 95% of my goals my junior year were assisted by Brad and probably 80% of his goals were assisted by me. Yeah. So we we worked like bread and butter together, which was really good. Mm-hmm. There was probably two or three occasions in my junior year where um, it was golden goal and or it was the last few minutes of uh, the regular ninety where I assisted Brad. He scored, and they were yeah. just incredible feelings. But yeah. Brad was always the one to dig us out the mud, one of the last minute. Oh, yeah. 100% having Brad on the team was it was a lifesaver. Yeah. I, I remember one was Cincinnati Christian. He scored it. He scored a good goal. And you set that one up right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember Paul pinged it into me. I was on the edge of the box with my back to goal. I just took one touch, just basically controlled it like I was trying to play, touched it, ran off to the side, and just because Brad was running onto it, and Brad just pings it in the bottom left. Yeah. That was overtime. That was. Another amazing goal, but yeah, golden, yeah, think, golden goal. So I, th- I don't know if I've spoke about it on here, but in America, if it goes to extra time, um, there's two ten-minute periods, um, and then if anyone scores within them two ten-minute periods, it's it's game over. It's golden goal. So it's a draw after them two ten-minute periods. No penalties. So it's really strange. Um, but the goal Callum was just talking about that was that was to actually seal us to become second place in the conference as well, I believe, which meant that we hosted yeah. in the conference tournament and everything. So it was one of the biggest goals that we could have we could have possibly scored because because of where it left us in the postseason. So that was huge. Have you have you got any others for me, Kim? So one more moment that felt just as good as any of my goals yeah. was the Joe Jessup full volley. Oh my word! What a goal, mate! Oh, man, we we spoke about it when I when I interviewed Joe, and yeah, that that goal will just give you goosebumps probably for the rest of my life. When when I listen when I listened to that podcast, I literally um, my hairs were standing up oh. on my arms, not my head. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, just thinking about that goal, how on earth he got that in? Yeah. It will just forever baffle me. No, it was it was unbelievable. What a goal. Unbelievable, unbelievable. You was always a little bit of a hothead as well on the field. You must have picked up so many yellow cards. Probably, I think Brad may be the only one who got more, but I swear it was every other game he was picking up a yellow. Yeah, I got, I think it was my sophomore year, I got suspended for a game because I picked up five yellows. Um, <laughs> in, a, yeah. in about an 18-game season, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, my my senior year, I, I even my junior year, I think I calmed down quite a lot. But um, Steve t- took over that role. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so I, I we didn't really ask about this, but you, when you finished, was it your senior year? You picked up an award, didn't you, as well for for uh, that year? Yeah, I got um, the All Conference First Team Award. Brilliant. So. It's basically where the coaches handpick a starting, I think it's maybe 16 players. I can't remember. It's two goalies, four defenders, four midfielders and four attackers, I think. So how many is that? 14? Well, something like that anyway. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so the coaches basically handpick their best the best team they could make out of all the teams in the league and you know I got picked for that which was a, a really great achievement I, to be honest I was more gutted that I didn't get it my junior year because I felt like I deserved it more my junior year because yeah. 
finishing, I think I got 11 goals and 10 assists from left wing. And then my senior, I think I only got three goals. So, but I must have stood out more. I don't really know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still, still a great, still a great thing to get, and obviously something that you'll, you'll always have, um, and you'll always remember as well. So, so brilliant to have. Yeah. Um, so, so we're going to get into the good stuff. Don't worry. But I want to talk about some serious stuff as well first. So, so I want to know kind of what lessons your four years in in America kind of kind of stick out. What kind of things have you taken from your time in America? I know we talked about you growing as a person, but what 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 would you say you've really taken from that experience? Um, I guess. The one thing I learned that stood out for me the most was you are the only person in charge of you, if that makes sense. So you're the only person in charge of your future. Yeah. So when I finally knuckled down with my my classes in my junior and senior year, like I got Dean's List twice, I finished my final, my final semester in... America College was I got a 4.0 I finished with six seven straight A's so the feeling of finally doing well academically yeah um so when you finally get yourself into gear and you are you actually put your mind to something then you can actually do well so that was the biggest change for me with my attitude and now I'll take that into everything All right, so so some, a really good lesson there. There was actually a, a really good answer, and I, and I know I kind of put you on the spot with that one, but that was it. It was good to to kind of hear that come out, and, and interesting that you that you kind of view it that way. But what kind of thing would you give as a, as advice to somebody who maybe is coming out to the America in the same in the same shoes, same boat? Uh, how, how would you kind of advise someone on that on that situation? So the one and biggest bit of advice that I would give that I really, really wish someone told me would be take more <laughs> credits than 15 <laughs> for your first two years while your classes are easy. Yeah. Make sure you get at very minimum 15 credits per semester for your first two years and just smash them out because in the long run, it'll be so worth it. My senior year, I did 19 hours both semesters because I was that behind on credits because obviously I dosed around my first two years getting 11 credits and not being able to play in the spring. Like I got put on academic probation my due, my sophomore year, I think, me and Kyle. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I really, really wish someone just told me that go for it, go for it your first two years. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's good advice, mate. Yeah, it is good advice. Another, another bit of advice, physical, physically wise, I would say it's all good running. Obviously run, but make sure you strengthen your legs up. Stretch a lot because I was, like, I was arguably one of the fittest on the team and I struggled with the um, intensity and that's obviously how I got injured that summer I went when I finished my freshman year I went home really strengthened my legs out and I, I never got injured again really so yeah no both, both really good bits of advice mate and definitely applicable um, to, to coming out here and it is a unique experience so so both both are actually quite unique kind of pieces of advice that not many would normally come up with and, and they are they are very very applicable so that's good mate um, so final, final last serious question. Do you wish you'd stayed out in the States after you graduated? No. No? No. I miss it an unbelievable amount. I miss all you boys. I miss the life because well, we were living the dream there. It, was, yeah. it yeah. was a lot easier than it is now. Work, work every week and all your outgoings like money-wise and now it's time to, to really get serious whereas over there... It was just it was like a constant holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I prefer the English culture. Um, my family, my friends, and 
just the way of life over here. I, I just, I do prefer it over here. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy I came home. Yeah, fair enough, mate. That was, I, I didn't know the answer to that question, so I was, I was intrigued as to, as to what your thoughts were on that one. One, one more thing I want to talk about is, is we spoke about what you're doing now, working, working in, in, in your job in construction. Um, but talk to me a little bit about your footy now as well. I know, you, I know you're playing for, for a team right now and you, you guys are doing pretty well. How, how's that going for you? So I'm playing for a team called Moreland's, Moreland Railway. It's a Saturday side in step seven, so it's not quite semi-pro, but we are trying to move up. We was hopefully going to be moving up, start getting some money uh, this this year. But obviously the coronavirus kind of ruined them plans because yeah. we would have had to either won the league or prove it, proven that we was good enough. And I think we were good enough to go up. But obviously the season got made void, so yeah, um, we didn't. I don't think we're going to get a chance to go up. We've got to play one more season in this league, and then I think we can go up after that. But we've just done up all our pitch, our facilities, so it's um, meets the standards of a semi-pro side. But we're we're a very good team. We've got a lot of good, very very good players. Um, one of one of which, uh, Robbie Smith, he actually went out to Nebraska yep. to play in America and he's he's an outstanding player. Yeah. I played at Lincoln um, with his brother, I'm pretty sure. Matty Smith, yeah. yeah Matty Smith, yeah. Um well yeah, we there's probably five or six lads that would do very well, would have done very well in our team. So yeah. uh, we've got a very good side. I I enjoy it. I play with my my uh, old best friend's dad. Well Two, two of my good friends growing up. His dad runs it, Paul Martin. Um, he was my coach at Grantham and Newark as well and Greenbank growing up. So I've always played under him and we have a great relationship and he really values me as a player. So, yeah, I actually play centre-back now. Yeah, but, I um, mention that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I came in and they put me there for this one team. I can't remember who it was. But... He wanted someone who could win the ball in the air um, because this team was a very long ball, long ball team. They had a big striker, like a target man. Yeah. And they had a little lad that would run off him. He would flick it on and then they'd run off him. And they'd, used, they'd been really successful with that. So they put me there to be more of an aerial uh, defender. And they really liked me there. And I've not moved. I've maybe played... Played in a different position once since that game, and I played the majority of the season there. And I kept that position and started in that position for for every game ever since. Happy days, mate. Well done, well done. And one one other thing, you were meant to play in a cup final as well at uh, at Sinsel Bank, weren't you? And they that got cancelled. Uh, oh, mate, I'd be good. Yeah, we yeah. got to the county cup final. It was it actually got moved to Town. Last minute, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we, we would have won that as well. We would have made yeah. been county cup champions. Good for you, mate. Good for you. So so uh none of the serious stuff anymore. Let's get into some of the, the juicier funny funny stories and whatnot. I know you've got a lot lined up. I've got a few that I wanna kinda of tell as well. Um but the first one that we have to talk about, um we've already kind of brought it up, is uh Callum is twenty four. Twenty four? Yeah. And he is bold. Um, he wasn't always bold, uh, obviously. But um, I, I'm going to tell this story because it's I, I've always been found this one funny. So we played a game in Callum's June, your sophomore year. We sophomore, played a game. Yeah. We played a game against Marion, um, and there was a photographer there, and it was a very rainy game. Um, and we the the pictures got uploaded to to Facebook later that night or whatever, and we're looking at it. And Callum's hair seems to be thinning out a little bit, which is uh, evident in the photos. So we're on him straight away. Oh, mate, you've got, you've got to shave your head. You've got to shave your head. You've got to shave your head. And he, he, you could see him contemplating it, but he never fully did it. Um, and then didn't you go to like the hair, like a barber's or something, some crappy American barber? And yeah. he completely butchered your hair, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, so so we decided we were like you've just got to shave it mate so we were like what can we do that's funny like what can we what can we uh, 
what can we do to make it go a bit viral or something? So what Callum's done is he's shotgunned a beer and then just grabbed his razor and just gone straight down the middle of his hair. And uh, I'm sure it will end up on the social media at some point um, on the on the Instagram page. But that's that's one of the funniest one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life, man. Yeah, I just remember playing Campbellsville the first game of my newly shaven head, and my head was so cold. Yeah, it felt so weird to have the wind blowing against <laughs> my head, like. It took some getting used to it. Every time I looked in the mirror, I was like, oh, who's that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it well, yeah, kept... saved you a lot on barbers, costs and stuff. Yeah, I've kept my head shaved ever since. Yeah, I think it looks good, mate. I think it looks good. And uh, on the twi- on the Twitter, we actually put out a message saying, like, if anyone wants to send in some funny stories, moments or whatever. And we had Denson Jenkins come back to us and he sent a picture of you at him after you had shaved his head so you, it sounded like, oh, yeah. it like it got, you got your revenge back on someone else yeah <laughs> yeah Denson said he was going to shave his head and said who better to do it than the baldy himself so yeah I shaved his head but I remember when we uploaded that video I uploaded it to Facebook oh, and yeah. uh, so we had a team meeting as soon as we sit down Tim went, take your hat off then. So I took my hat off. And he went, look, the video was very, very funny. But what were you thinking? And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, first of all, you're underage and you were drinking. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then he said, second of all, what kind of image do you think that sends about our players? You necking a beer, then shaving your head. You look like a nutter. And I was like, yeah, fair enough. He went, but it was very funny. Yeah. So I don't think he was too mad. No, that was one of them things where he has to, he had to do it, but it wasn't necessarily it wasn't yeah. necessarily the the worst thing you could have done. But that was that no. was hilarious, man. So I'll, I'll throw it over to you. Do you have any other kind of other stories to me that you you want to tell from over the years? I'm sure you've got a few. So one of them, it couldn't have happened to a better person. So it involved you. Um, we was all drinking and. Uh, I think Marvin's room, wasn't we? In Aquinas, St. Catherine. Yeah. Um, And (laughs) we stumbled across this really, really old-fashioned, what was it, like a football helmet or something? American football helmet, yeah. It was was a thin leather helmet. It was basically had the protection of a sock. Yeah. And you stuck it on, and people were taking just gentle jabs at your head, and you were loving it, just all pissed up. Yeah. And then Matt Lowndes, who was my roommate at the time, goes, oh, gives a go. And he full-on right-hooked your head, didn't he? Yeah. So hard. Yeah. And he ended up breaking his hand yeah. because he hit your head hard. Yeah, that was... That's actually... I don't think Tim has ever heard that story before. He knew he broke yeah. his hand. I, I told him about it before. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... I must have got a concussion as well. Like I was, I was rocking, but I was okay. And then next day he had to go to the hospital. He broke his hand and it, it yeah. wasn't the fact that he punched me. It was just a suit, like a really hard punch. And it, I mean, it broke his hand. Oh, yeah. I just remember yeah. Yeah. he was sulking in the corner with a bag of peas on his hand. After. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Amazing. Yeah. I, I, I remember that one. That, I remember that one. I, I figured you'd bring that one up at, up at some point. Have you got any others for me? Um, so another funny, something I found funny. Um, so Steve, Steve and Peter Bark, he was my roommate my senior year. In my freshman year, oh, yeah. he came to an ID camp and... Uh, <laughs> He was on. He was on one of the teams with all, obviously, all the guys that were trying out. And uh, I'm running by the side of him, and he full on elbows me in the ribs. And I kind of said, "What the fuck are you doing? You, you a tryout?" And he went, "That was only an eight. You want a ten or something like that?" Yeah. And I was a bit like, I was a bit like, "What?" Just thinking, who was this gobby bastard? So the next thing I say is, "I'll go, Brad, take him out." So Brad like throws him over his shoulder when he's <laughs> when he's trying to wrestle the ball off him, and then two years later, <laughs> I remember Joe telling me, "Oh, Steve signed," 
I said, who's Steve? He said, do you remember that lad? And obviously reminded me of the story. And I, there's me thinking I'm going to absolutely hate him. And he turns, he's turned out to be one of my best friends and oh, ended yeah. up living together. Yeah, he's brilliant, Steve. Was I, I, I'll never forget that story either as well. Like you, you going on about some kid who'd elbow you in the tryouts. And then yeah. we're all like, oh, yeah, he's, he's actually going to come and sign. And we were like, no way. Is he actually <laughs> well, yeah, remember the first night he came out with us, I the two keys, yeah. I ended up getting in a little scrap in the toilets, didn't I? And Steve was the first person to back me up. And me and Steve <laughs> ended up just beating this shit out of this guy in the toilet. And uh, yeah, and I just loved him from there on because he had my back. Because I, to be fair, I got me picked in the bit at the start. <laughs> the truth, all, the truth's all coming out today. Love it, absolutely love it. Yeah, that was that was an interesting evening. That was like the whole team was out as well. I remember that one. Yeah, that was a bit of a crazy one. There's one that I wasn't there for that I want to bring up as well. So I didn't go on this spring break, um, but I have it on good on good uh, promise that this happened. Um, I think you all had a night out or something. And on the way back to the hotel, there was like a, I, I, well, you'd probably have to finish off this story, but there was a, an enclosure or something where there was alligators, small alligators. <laughs> yeah. um, and you decided to, to hop the fence and regretted that decision instantly when you were getting chased by yeah. a couple of alligators. Is that, is that, is that not accurate? One of my, yeah, not one of my finest moments. So <laughs> wrong, I stupidly decided to jump in it was only them little alligators, so they're probably what two, three foot long, all of them. Yeah. Probably about thirty, forty in this in this pen. I jumped the fence, laid down, got my phone out on the front camera, and tried, tried to take a selfie with all the alligators. And next thing I know, they're all hissing at me, and I just look, turn around. I'm laid on my back. I turn around, and I just see about six of them, just full pelt running waddling towards me so i jump and i didn't even put my hands on the fence climbing back over i just dived over it oh my god yeah Yeah. and uh, i couldn't believe how stupid it was to even attempt that afterwards yeah yeah sorry mum and dad i think i just heard it come out of his mouth if they Oh, mate, there was some there were some brilliant stories there, and we, I'm sure we can we could sit here all day and just go over some of the funny ones. But uh, some of them are probably aren't safe and safe for the air, so we'll keep some of them with us with us off air. Yeah. Um, yeah. We got we did get another message though um, from Colby, um, he sent in a funny video, which I'm sure we'll we'll try and throw out there on social media. It must have been after a night in uh, Lexington, and we we're in Kane's parking lot, and uh, I like give you a little push, and you like throw yourself into a lamppost, and then you're rolling around in the parking lot floor just I, it doesn't really make sense i don't really remember what was yeah i don't remember that yeah we'll, we'll we'll get that out there and it'll it'll jog the memory but i do remember what we always used to do is when we used to go on nights out if colby didn't come out with us um we, we'd order ubers but we'd always use like his like school email or something to create new accounts and he used to get so annoyed because we'd always use like his email address for, for like uber yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, were, they were good times um and obviously i want to bring up all the other good times, excuse me, uh, that we had as well. Like, like we went to the horse racing quite a lot. We went to the lake. I took you to the lake with with my girlfriend and her friends one time. And we had some yeah. good times on spring breaks as well. Like, any some fun memories from there, right? Yeah, I remember the spring break your senior year, my junior year. Yeah. Do you remember? I think I don't think I've drank that much in my life. But do you remember the first night? I left you all, yeah. And then I I waltzed in after you was all there, and I had found a ride from all these church boys. Do you remember? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm I'm walking home on my own, not a clue where I'm going, and I run into these all these lads, proper like good boys, and yeah, I just want a ride, and I said, yeah. And they was doing free rides as a part of their like church group yeah. for people that were like stranded. And I remember I put the number and I got a lift home with them every night. <laughs> it's so funny. That was again another Callum Kemp story. That that's just you, mate. That's just how you end up in them situations. Is is brilliant, man. That's 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 just how it is. I, I remember 
when we were at the lake as well, like you were very acrobatic and that's something I don't know if too many people know about Callum, but he's very acrobatic and you, uh, you had a few tins by this point and I think you did your first ever double backflip um, yeah. and you were so excited that you did it. But how, how cool was just being <laughs> like that? How American did that feel? But how sick was it to just be there at the lake? Yeah, just spent two, two nights there, didn't we? Just yeah. getting levered all day on the lake in the beaming sun. Yeah, it was amazing. And yeah. I remember as well my, my senior year, me, Reese. Felix and Steve as like a goodbye thing because we were all going our separate ways. We we went to an Airbnb and did the same kind of thing, got like a big lake house and yeah, just did the same thing and it was a great day. Yeah. That's a good thing about America because it's so hot and there's so much water everywhere. You can just do that and yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Good times. Good times. So, so um, if you've got no more stories for us, we'll get into the the main feature, the the part that every guest has to do, um, and that's that's telling us your your best eleven that you played with in college. So, the first question: What kind of formation have we gone for, mate? So, I've gone for like a four-one-three-one-one. So like a back four, a holding midfielder, three midfielders, a centre attacking mid and a striker. Okay, yeah. Okay. Just, just to confuse everyone. But yeah. So to start with the keeper, this was arguably the hardest decision for me because it's, there's no really other contenders other than Atu and Christian. Yeah. So Christian I played with for two years and Atu for one, but both best keepers I've ever played with in my life. Just yeah. unbelievable players. Um, but I've had to go with Christian, but Atu is just a tiny, tiny, tiny bit behind. Yeah. yeah. Um, so my back four, I've gone with Nelly as a left back. Okay. You uh, centre back alongside with Reese, uh-huh. And then I've gone uh-huh. with Max Noel, the Frenchman. At yeah. right back, I know he's actually a centre back, but just couldn't leave him out. One of the best standing defenders I've ever played with, and then obviously you and Reese, just both incredible centre backs. Uh, holding midfield, I've gone for Joe Dessert. Yeah, yeah. One of the best, if not the best, centre mid of a CDM I've ever played with. Just the most calm and collected player, and his long range passing was just. Out of this world, wasn't it? His diags. Um, so I've stuck me on the left. Okay. Okay. And then centre mid, I've gone with Matt Lowndes. Okay. Although we only played with him for one year, my freshman year, he was an unbelievable talent, wasn't he? Yeah. He he knew what he was doing in there. The yeah. Ratty, both feet, just workhorse, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a good player. Right? Yeah. And then I've gone with Brad. Brad on the right. Okay. I actually preferred him as a centre attacking mid, but fit him in my team. I've I've gone with him on the right because he was just as good out there. Yeah, yeah. Um so centre attacking mid, I've gone with the late Christian Melendez. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Obviously yeah. yeah, that's something we'll we'll talk about after. But um yeah, he was a fantastic player on the ball. Just so good with the ball at his feet. Maybe not the most energetic player as in off the ball he wasn't that he didn't get about that much but when he was on the ball like he could create anything yeah um, and then up front I've gone with Max Bristow mm-hmm. played with him for three years he was just again worked his arse off if he had a left foot yeah. he would be absolutely amazing but <laughs> yeah, his right foot was very very good but yeah. he always used to make me laugh and in training drills, him trying to swing his left foot out of the ball. It's funny. But yeah, he, he was another quality player. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was a good player. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, so so you said you wanted to talk a little bit more about Christian at the end and uh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, just just uh, show some love to Christian. He obviously, um, unfortunately, passed away. Um, such a horrible thing to happen. I had, I had left at this point, but he passed away last year if I'm correct um, yeah. yeah just very very suddenly which is obviously the hardest thing to deal with 
an amazing lad, an amazing addition to the team. Um, and he had just started his his freshman year. He was well, he was in his sophomore year. Sorry, when he passed away. But like I said, the whole the whole team was just devastated and not a nice thing to happen. So yeah, just wanted to say, show my love to Christian. Rest in peace. Yeah, top man, top man. I used to play against Christian in in the indoor place in Lexington, and he was he was an unbelievable player and a, and a great guy as well. Great guy. Yeah, uh, the shock, shock for everybody involved with uh, with Midway. Um, horrible to hear about, and and especially with those guys like yourselves that played with him week in week out, day in day out. It was it was horrible yeah. And um, we'll always remember Christian. So um, top man for bringing him up, and and obviously we are we always have him in our thoughts, man. So. Um, Obviously, leaving that on a sad note, but um, kind of wrapping it up, mate. I've, I've really enjoyed it today. It's been great catching up with you and really glad that you're doing really well now at home and you, you, you're thriving with, with work and stuff like that. Glad to see you doing well. Uh, hope, hope, hope the family are doing well as well. But most importantly, thank you very much uh, for coming on. Really appreciate you coming on um, and, and really excited to get this sent out and, and pass it on, man. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, brilliant, mate. Have a good one. All the best. Yeah, you, you too, mate. Bye-bye.